you tell me what happened to the seeds I've sown? Welcome, Peter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to a new edition of the Peter Report podcast, live from Nashville, Tennessee. Yeehaw! We're in Music City, folks, and boy, the Bucks wide receivers put on a show today. They took center stage, not at the Grand Ole Opry, but out there at the Titans practice field as the Bucks and Titans began the first of two joint practices here in Nashville prior to Saturday night's game at Nissan Stadium. I'm your host today, Scott Reynolds. Joined alongside me is Josh Capo from Pewter Report, driving over from Atlanta to check out the practices this week and Saturday's game. And Josh, we had uh, we had ourselves a final time over there at the Titans practice. Probably not as fine as the Bucks wide receivers did today, but we saw a lot of good action. Yeah, we absolutely did, Scott. It's fitting that we're in Music City because we get to sing the praises of the Bucks wide receiver chord today. Um, almost every single one of them was well, they were firing on all cylinders. Yes, yeah. that's that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the thing too is it, we would be remiss if we did mention that today's. Pewter Report podcast, as all Pewter Report podcasts are presented by, energized by Celsius. And yes, we even have some Celsius here today, folks. I was rocking the cucumber lime this morning. Josh, you crushed an Arctic vibe? I did. I very much did. I've heard Matt and Casey sing its uh, praises over the last week or so. So I made sure to pick up a few for myself and they will be energizing me over the course of the next few days. Yes, and the great thing about Celsius, as always, uh, folks, is when you drink Celsius, you are powering your active life every day with essential functional energy and seven vitamins. What I love about Celsius, what everyone loves about Celsius, is the fact that you get all the energy that you need with no sugar crash. Why? Because there's no sugar in it. There's no preservatives. It's nothing but energy and great taste with a bunch of great fruit flavors and you know, even a cola flavor. If you don't like the fruit flavors, their cola flavor is top notch. I know you're, that's not in your top five, but for an afternoon drink for me, the cola flavor is, is top notch. So where can you find this, this tasty energized uh, beverage? Well, you can get Celsius energy drinks at most of your favorite Convenience stores, health and nutrition stores, grocery stores, etc. Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator, punch in your address, and you'll find out where you can grab a Celsius near you. Once you find the flavors that you like, go ahead and, and order on Amazon. You can do the subscribe and save package. They'll ship them right to your door, and you save some money. And also, you can get a variety pack, which is what you did, Josh. Yep. You ordered a variety pack on Amazon, too. That's a great way to try a bunch of new flavors. Yeah, it allows you to really see exactly what you do like, what you don't like. Um, what I love about the overlays that you've been showing here, Scott, is Peach Vibe front and center. That is go. number one with a bullet on my list. Nothing can top it. There you go. Well, I'll tell you, nothing can top the Bucks wide receivers today. They were in, I would say, rare form, but it hasn't really been rare. These guys no. uh, have, have been just top notch all throughout training camp. And, and again today... The Buccaneers were without Mike Evans, no Russell Gage, no Chris Godwin today. He took the day off from practice. Julio Jones did return today, Josh, but it was the other guys. It was some of those wide receivers that we've seen. We had Tyler Johnson uh, on the graphic to start the show, and he had uh, another phenomenal practice. You look at, at some of the other players, uh, Cyril Grayson Jr. made a couple of really good catches. We saw a lot of separation in the one-on-ones. That continued in the seven on sevens, and, and then it continued even more in the 11 on 11 periods. Kalen Geiger, boy, he put on a show today. This guy's really feeling it from that Dolphins game. And in the one on ones, he won every single one on ones. This is one of those uh, pictures here. Then he got up and flexed for the Tampa media and said, I'm going to make some money. <laughs> <laughs> and you can feel this kid. His energy carried over from Saturday night, and he's off to a really good start to practice here this week as well. And we'll get into the quarterback play a little bit. Devin Tompkins had uh, some more fantastic catches. Jareth Stearns, Jalen Darden. The list just goes on and on, Josh. Uh, this is really your first opportunity to watch some of these players in practice. And just like they, they did against the Dolphins last week, when what I call the Fantastic Four – 
Evans, Godwin, Gage, Julio, when they were out, these other receivers stepped in. And, and this Bucks offense was still quite formidable. Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson, Jared Stearns, Kalen Geiger, Devin Tompkins, Cyril Grayson to a degree. And we even saw Vincent Smith today right. make a couple of great catches. It is such a deep, wide receiving core, and they did put on a show today. Yep. I um, So, Scott, you you were watching the, the offense for, for most of the split drills, and, and I was focused on the defense. So when the teams came together for the 11-on-11s, the one that really stood out to me um, was a, a heads-up play that Devin Tompkins made yeah. on a pass that wasn't even intended for him. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Kyle Trask who was throwing mm -hmm. to Rashad White. The ball deflected off of White's hands. Should have caught it. He should have. He, he absolutely should have. But Devin Tompkins was right there. He was keeping his eye on the play. He was able to grab the ball and turn it into a plus game that helped the Bucks offense get into field goal range. Yeah. So it was just a really – Really awesome play. It shows that he he's he's really got his head in the game, and and it's going to be a tough decision for <laughs> this Bucks front office yeah. in terms of who they're going to keep on the final fifty three man roster and who they may be able to slide into the practice squad and hope that somebody else doesn't take. Yeah, we we kind of talked uh, with we're not going to name any names, but we we talked with some some Bucks people in the know today. Yep. With with the surplus a wide receiver, is it possible for this team to move? one or two of these these receivers that that aren't going to make the cut that will land on an nfl roster you know for a day three pick is it possible to make a trade they, they said it's a little too early to kind of go down that road but you know that there's going to be plenty of other teams looking at the buccaneers roster when it comes to wide receivers there's just a couple of teams houston's one of them yep. just so depleted with with talent just lacking so much talent there on the offensive side of the ball that, that uh, teams I think are going to be frothing at the mouth yeah. for these Tampa Bay receivers. There, there's a quarterback up in Wisconsin who doesn't seem to be very happy with his receivers <laughs> yeah. right now. He may, may want to have his team, especially since he's playing part-time GM himself, um, take a look at some of these Bucks receivers as well. Yeah. Um, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about, uh, let's stick with the offense first. We'll kind of get that out of the way and then we'll talk about the defense. Yep. Offensive line did struggle today. We tweeted that out. So we're not hiding anything. The, the, the Titans defensive line was was really coming to, to play today. And from what I've noticed in the last couple of years that I've been to some joint practices, you usually see the home team come out and really assert themselves. That was the case last week in Tampa when, when Miami came to town. I thought the Buccaneers really won Wednesday's practice. Then the Dolphins really came back as that visitor and kind of stole the day on Thursday's practice. I think today was kind of even. It really started off in the Titans' favor. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we talked about uh, about the receivers winning their matchups. That wasn't really the case in the trenches, Josh. You and I both looked at the one-on-ones yep. and pass pro. Let's talk about that a bit. Yeah, I think um, the guys you expect to do well did well. Tristan Wirfs, Donovan Smith, they both won their one-on-ones pretty handily. Um, Donovan Smith especially had uh, one against, I want to say Bud Dupree, where he brought him up the arc and mm -hmm. then uh, just basically got him overextended on his bend and was able to just trap him to the ground. It was a really good rep. Um, Wirfs was dominant. Uh, Shaq Mason won more than he lost. I think he had one bad rep, but overall he was good. Robert Hainsey, I know a lot of fans are very interested in, in how he's doing. He he looked very good on his. Mm -hmm. But then when you start looking at the that left guard play, um, yeah. that was where you saw saw some some issues. Uh, Aaron Stinney, I think he showed really good form, but he just yeah. he lacks a strong anchor. Right. And with the Titans interior linemen. They bring a lot of power, a lot of anchor to their game. So he was getting pushed back. He was yeah. holding his own, but he definitely was losing ground. And then Nick Leverett had had some rough reps. He did, yeah. And and uh, that wasn't just confined to the one-on-ones. No. That, that really manifested itself in 11-on-11s in as well. Appreciate the super chat as always, Leo. $5. Geez, according to Titans Media, Bucks got beat bad. Apparently Julio was washed. The Bucks O-line thrashed as well. Any of these things true? Yeah, I would say that, that the that the, the Bucks offensive line did struggle today. We tweeted that out. That's That was apparent in the first round of one-on-ones. Mm -hmm. I think as the practice went on, the Bucks offensive line was a little bit more f formidable and at least kind of got to a draw against the Titans. I think the first half of practice, the Titans defensive line ruled the day. The Buccaneers could not run the ball when they wanted to with Leonard Fournette and, and even a couple reps with, with Rashad White. We saw... Vincent, uh, not Vincent, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn mm -hmm. have uh, both of his ankles taped. And it was not 
not fun early for, for Tampa Bay's offensive line. At one point, Donovan Smith uh, said, come on, White, let's get going. White meaning the Buccaneers. They were dressed in white today, uh, the entire team, their white jerseys and white pants. And so he was really kind of adamantly cheering his guys on. And I will say, when the Buccaneers, and I don't know if it was by design or if it was just, hey, we're not getting anything out of these reps, once they started to go to the passing game, things got much better. Yeah. Tampa Bay, they want to establish the run, but against the Titans' stout run defense, it just wasn't going anywhere. Rashad White did have a couple breakthrough runs with the second team, but the Bucs starters really struggled running the ball. Yeah. But in pass pro, that's a different story. Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert really had sensational days today. Trask had two early picks. One was in one-on-ones, one was in seven-on-sevens, I believe. And then once they got to 11-on-11s, you just kind of – Kyle made a couple of throws. You could tell really energized him, got him into rhythm. Blaine has been sensational in training camp. He has looked really good. And I think both of those guys, once the passing game became the forefront of the Bucks' attack, really put on a show with these receivers. Yeah, um, you know, I think uh, first team and second team at, at the end of, of the practice, they each got two shots to move down the field into scoring position. Right. The Bucks offense in in on all four of those drives was able to to accomplish that goal. Um, to Leo's other point that he apparently heard from Titans media that um, Julio Jones is washed. I don't know about all that because yeah. during that 11 on 11, um, Julio caught a ball on the right sideline yeah, was able to, yep, yeah. was able to get upfield for some some really good yards after catch and get them into field goal range. So uh, he looked pretty good from from those reps that I saw along with again all of the other wide receivers. Those receivers that they basically they took no quarter. That's that's true. They did take no quarter. Um, an obligatory picture here: Blaine Gabbert, uh, who looked great today, helmet on and helmet off. Look at that mullet. That's fantastic, <laughs> folks. There you go, uh, Josh. When you mentioned take no quarter, the first thing that comes to mind to me today was the fact that these receivers again stepped up big time against the Titans, even in their own facility. But the other thing that kind of comes to mind is the fact that Pewter Report, well, we've got an official beer, folks. It's Pirate Republic. That's right. Take no quarter. It's their their flagship IPA. It's front and center right there. They've got three dynamic uh, beers that are sold in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, if you're not familiar with Pirate Republic, they're out of Nassau, Bahamas. It doesn't get more pirate than that, folks. So listen, you pewter people, you think you're pirates. You're rooting for your own pewter pirates. Why not drink some Pirate Republic beer? It's what I do. We've had several beer companies try to align with us over the years that, in my estimation, just weren't the right fit. Didn't really meet our our audience. And quite honestly, the taste wasn't that great. I'm not going to name any names. But folks, when Pirate Republic came to the table with, uh, with their beers, the Long John Pilsner, the Take No Quarter IPA, the Golden Haze of Piracy Belgian Wheat Beer, um, it was an easy, no-brainer decision for us to make these guys the official beer of Peter Report. Let's talk about that take no quarter. 7.2% ABV. Yes, it packs a punch. And it's it's a big can, folks. It's a full pint right there. And it's Pirate Republic's flagship IPA, Vienna Caramel Malts, uh, with a, a rich backbone as the Amarillo, Centennial, and Cascade Hops. Come to the forefront, citrus, pine, grapefruit flavors to taste. Uh, dry hopped with Pacific Jade and notes of blackberry and pepper aroma. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am not an IPA drinker at all. And I have come to love, not like, I started off liking it, but now I love the Take No Quarter IPA. And again, it packs a punch. It's a fantastic beer. If you are an IPA drinker, I implore you to Take No Quarter with Pirate Republic and try this IPA. You're going to love it. So where can you find Pirate Republic beer at participating Total Wine and More, ABC Liquors, Lucan's Liquors, and Party Liquors in the Tampa Bay area. Soon spreading across the state of Florida. Josh, I, I wish I had one of those right now. Well, you know, Scott, I was going to say, I, I appreciate that I tried to find it from you and that yes. you did everything you could to bring it to me. And unfortunately, right. the airline just wasn't having it. Uh, right? Yeah, so, something it's about you, you can't take food and drinks on the plane. It's, it's just very, very unfortunate. But I appreciate the effort. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, it was unfortunate uh, today, too, that, that we, uh, we we did see uh, some, some interesting scrappiness, some mm -hmm. chippiness. It didn't come to blows, which was good. 
But Nick Leverett, no surprise, was at the center of that. He is he and Donovan Smith are the most vocal offensive linemen on this team. Yeah. And many and it seemed to me after the one-on-ones and after the 11-on-11s, the Titans defensive line, after every single play, got in that extra shove, that extra push to the Bucks offensive line. They kind of kept their cool. There was one instance where Nick Leverett kind of got into the face of, I think, Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah. Jeffrey Simmons was giving him the business today. And, and we saw Aaron Stinney at left guard. Those two were going at it as well. But uh, – I, I do think that the Titans defensive line really gave the Bucks offensive line run for their money and almost came to blows. It got right to the, the precipice. Yeah. It didn't quite happen. It, it looked like Leverett was, was he gotten beaten on a, on a rep on a one-on-one rep mm-hmm. and, and he, he held um, and held a little long, a little bit at yeah. the end of the play there. Yeah. And, uh, and at that point, one of the Titans defensive linemen took issue and he got in Leverett's face and, and to the credit of the Bucks offensive line, they weren't having any of that. They, they jumped to his, uh, his defense very quickly. Yeah. There was some pushing, some shoving, but uh, ultimately it was, uh, it was uh, broken up before anything really yeah. came to blows and, you know, turned into say the Patriots and the Panthers. That's true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will say this. Uh, I, I don't know who, should start for the Buccaneers. And after going back and looking at the film, Leverett did okay, I thought, in, in that game at left at left guard, uh, probably a little better in the run game than even pass protection. Yeah. And we kind of saw that again, too, getting rocked. He's not the biggest offensive lineman, and Stinney isn't either. And Gedeke is a little bit bigger, but his pass pro is just a half step behind, mm-hmm. especially picking twists and stunts. So when I asked Todd Bowles a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, these training camp days are all running together. But when I asked him when he's going to make that decision for the left guard spot, because at some point in time, even Harold Goodwin said, they got to just pick a guy and go with him. Yep. Build some continuity. Yeah, they, they got to have that chemistry with Ian and Donovan Smith. But I don't know that there is a clear-cut winner right now. I, I think that this is, this is kind of like mired in mediocrity right now. And that's a little concerning. There is still two games to go, and we'll see how they fare. They, they've got to pick a guy at some point, but there is certainly no one right now that is jumping out there and taking the bull by the horns. We, we, we've seen Brandon Walton in there, and and I almost think that's that's more of a of a desperation type move because Gedicki hasn't come along as as quickly as they'd hoped. Stinney is Stinney, and Leverett is Leverett, yeah. and I'm I'm getting a little concerned about the left guard position. I'm not going to raise the white flag yet, but I'm going to raise the red flag. Concern. Yeah, it, it's no. You would hope that somebody is separating themselves. Yeah, and I don't think anybody has to this point. It'll be interesting to see this Saturday. See if some of the Titans starters get to play yeah. and really get to see the in live game action. Can one of these players really step up and show that they can be? the answer for this season. <laughs> oh gosh. Jonathan with the 499 super chat. Thanks for all the hard uh thanks for the great preseason work content. Uh end of the show question. We're we're going to do it right now because we always acknowledge <laughs> super chats when we see them. If you were downtown in Nashville for karaoke, what song are you picking? So, if it's downtown Nashville, if you don't want to get booed out of the bar, it's got to be a country song. So, I'm trying to think um if I had to sing a country song, uh, I could probably do Friends in Low Places. Well, that's a good Garth one with Brooks. Garth, yeah. yeah. The great thing about that is you're going to get everybody in the bar to help you out. Helps exactly, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. I, that um, makes sense. I, I'm actually a really good singer uh, when when no one is, is listening. And I usually sing really good in the shower and in the car when the music's turned all the way up. Yeah. That's when I feel like I'm really in my prime. The other song I would say would probably be Drunk Me by Mitchell Tenpenny, which is a more current song in the country realm. I, I would feel comfortable like belting that out. So, uh, so I've done karaoke in the past, okay. and and I do enjoy uh, bringing a laugh to the crowd. So my uh, my go to starter is "Man, I Feel Like a Woman." Oh, <laughs> oh God, Shania Twain. Absolutely, that's good. And All it right, covers the countryside. It, it does. So yes, and we're it, good. That. Uh, that's good. Yep. Uh, let's talk about Julio Jones a little bit today. Uh, the Julio stuff's probably just the bitterness of the Titans reported. L- listen. Uh, we we are we are Peter Report. We cover the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You are Buccaneer fans, except for probably a couple Titans fans in here. We we are going to cater our coverage to you. At the same time, we are not going to pull any punches. 
we are going to be objective. We're going to tell the truth. But if we're going to err on the side, we're going to err on the Buccaneer side, right? If, if we have to straddle the fence, we're going to lean over towards the Buccaneer side a little bit. So having said that, um, our coverage, well, I, I will say, I think the Bucks passing game won the day today. Yes. Right. And, and, and that was, that was apparent. And Julio was a part of that. He made a great catch from Blaine Gabbert in the 11 on 11s, the early period, then in that joint uh, period where it was, it was just one unit. Yeah, offense. It was a two minute drill. Basically. Yeah. Two minute drill. He had another great catch and run that, which you alluded to today. Yep. He, he looks like he's going to be a, a really big time contributor for this Bucks offense, he he looks like he's not lost a step. Yeah, I and I think maybe some of that is expectations, right? If yeah. you remember when Tennessee traded for Julio, they were expecting right. the Julio of Atlanta. Yeah, they want him to be a number two receiver right. to you know to Brown. Yep, and he just he's not that guy anymore. He's no. not number two. No, and he comes to the Bucks, and he's going to play a much different role. And for the role he's going to play, he's looked fantastic. Yeah, what I thought was really interesting was in that two minute drill where they were yeah. lining Julio up. He was getting some reps in the slot, right? Which was interesting. Which gives you potentially four player, five players right. who have that slot versatility. Between mm-hmm. Evans can do it. He showed it at the end of last year when yeah. Godwin went down. Obviously, Godwin's your primary guy there. Right. Russell Gage has had a ton of experience in the slot over the course of his career. Tyler Johnson was supposed to be kind of Chris Godwin's backup, and last right. year, yes, he did disappoint, but he's had an amazing camp. Yeah. So, and then Julio. So that's five players who can play yeah. basically the the linchpin position mm-hmm. in this Bucks Byron left wing yeah. offense. And, and we've seen Jareth Stearns also in there too. And yep. that's one of the things with Stearns. He's he's a little guy at 5'9", but he's actually kind of stout for his size. Right. Whereas Devin Tompkins and Kalen Geiger, they're in that Scotty Miller 175, 180-pound realm. Yep. Stearns is over 190, and he'll get in there and block. I saw him do some of that move that wham blocking that that uh, that is is with that you'll see in the, from the slot receiver position in Tampa Bay's offense he did that in the second half and I thought he was pretty effective he's got some dog in him I think Absolutely. that's what they, they like about him yep. um sticking with with the guard play for a second here because we have some questions get needs to be the starter week one having to hold a lot haven't heard a, a whole lot of uh, from him in camp maybe that's a good thing the, the one thing again about get is that's telling is we have yet to see him take first team reps. Yep, this team has given first team reps to Nick Leverett, to Aaron Stinney, to Brandon Walton, uh, but not Luke Edeke. Yep. That to me is, is a clear sign reading this coaching staff that they do not think he is there yet. They don't want to put him out there and maybe he, where he gets exposed and, and gets a quarterback injured. I mean, we've already seen the left guard position <laughs> wreck wreck the center. Yep. <laughs> um, so they want to be somewhat careful with that. Uh, not that they like, or I should say dislike Kyle Trask because Gedeke is in there when Trask is in there. They're not trying to create a situation like that, but, but um, he's just not there yet. Yep. And, and, that, and listen, he's making the move from right tackle to left guard. That's so that's right to left tackle to guard and then central Michigan to the NFL. Yep. That's a big, one, two, three punch. Right yeah, now. you're handling a different type of rusher. You yeah. know, going from somebody who's usually longer, faster, coming around the edge to much more strong, powerful type of rush. Right. You're moving from right to left, so you're changing your hand placement. Mm-hmm. And you hear a lot of offensive linemen who have played in the league, and they say that that try writing with your non-dominant hand. Yeah. Okay. It's difficult. Right. Right. Somebody will be able to read the word, but it's going to take them a second. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that level of competition jump. Yeah. You know, right. I, I think looking back at the, the, the dolphins game and then looking at some of the reps today, you can see the physical tools with yeah. that. I think there's just a lack of consistency. Right. It's a big part of it. And I would say the same thing with, with Leverett. Yep. And that's why I think, and what we saw today was Aaron Stinney took all of the first team reps at left guard. Right. And I think the bucks at this point are erring on the side of consistency. Yep. Stinney may not be dominant, but on a rep to rep basis, he's going, he's playing the most consistent. Yeah, I agree. Um, and we'll see there's, there's still a, a couple of games in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, players can make strides mm-hmm. in, in, in a couple of practices, a, a couple of guys that, that really were, were, were not prominent players in training camp so far just decided to show up today in Nashville. 
right? One of those guys on offense was Vincent Smith, mm -hmm. number 81. He had, I, I'm, if I'm being honest, and, and I, I don't watch every single player on every single play because I only have one set of eyes. Right. I'm watching 11 or at times 22 Buccaneer players on the same play. Vincent Smith has not done a damn thing that I can remember at training camp. He just hasn't. He made two huge catches down the field for Cal Trask today. Again, Trask had a really, really solid day. The problem is for Trask, Blaine Gabbard did too, mm -hmm. right? It's it, Both of these guys at the quarterback position are, are playing really good football right now. And to see Trask just shake off a couple of interceptions early and finish the, the practice just on fire yeah. was was great to see. Very much like the kicking competition, Ryan Suckup. And, and Jose Borregales, both of those guys can kick. Both of those guys are good. It's a good problem to have. But Vincent Smith today stepped up and made a huge play for Kyle Trask. Trask was doing a much better job of kind of navigating the pocket a little bit and, and sidestepping the rush. And he found Smith in the middle of the field of all alone, chucked it down there, perfect throw, kind of a touchdown bomb that blew the whistle, didn't have to run the whole way. And then found Smith again running a beautiful out route where he got a step on a defender. And I, I'm not well versed in the Titans defensive backs, but they did not look good today. Hmm. That's interesting because they put a lot of draft capital into that position over the last couple of years. So Caleb Farley in the first round last mm -hmm. year, Roger McCreary in the second round this year, yeah. Elijah Molden also last year. He was a little bit later of a uh, draft pick, but they really liked him. So um, to see the Bucks receivers, and again, not the top four guys, right. well, one of them, Julio, yeah. um, doing well against some some very talented players, or at yeah. least what the NFL thought in terms of their draft status, that bodes well for, and Jason Light's got to feel good because you, know, you, you take a small step back to the end of last year, mm -hmm. and it was that lack of depth at the wide yeah. receiver position kind of sank the ship yeah. and and to see that they have you know they're what 10 11 deep playing well in camp that's that bodes well for this offense's prospects for this year yeah it, it does and the other guy that really stepped up that hasn't done a damn thing at least in my estimation was andre anthony today oh yeah the, the seventh round pick out of lsu he was was seeing some playing time in and the Bucks spent a, a lot of time with the titans probably the last, what, 20 minutes of practice, maybe even 25 minutes doing the two-minute drill mm -hmm. with the purpose of, of getting both teams down there, well, either uh, going down and kicking a field goal or defending that two-minute situation. That's what the defense was trying to do. But both the, the Titans and the Bucks had the same objective when they were on the field offensively. Work the ball down the field with, with two minutes left, maybe, what, one time out on the clock. Yep. And – you do the hurry up offense, get down there, and then get your, your kicker out there to do a field goal. The Buccaneers offense was successful in all four of those opportunities. Kyle Trask with both of his, Blaine Gabbert was the starter, both of his as well. And Ryan Suckup was the kicker today, former Tennessee Titan. It was Ryan Suckup day as opposed to Jose Borgalis. I think we'll see Jose tomorrow. Probably. But uh, Suckup was, was perfect in his return to the Titans. But boy, when, when the Titans – Offense was out there. Andre Anthony, Josh, it looked like he had three sacks in back-to-back-to-back -back -back plays. Yeah, yeah, and and he, he let them know about it. He, yes. I think he it was, was on the it. second and the third. I mean, he just started screaming. He knew he was putting on a show, and, uh, and, and it was really impressive to see. I mean, he was winning off the edge quickly. He was getting to the quarterback before the ball came out for those would-be sacks. They, of course, let the play continue, um, but he really showed out. Now, with Carl Nassib signing yesterday, yep. um, it, it, the the pathway for Andre to make the or for Anthony to make the, the final fifty three man roster, I think it's a tough uphill battle. Um, it just depends. I, I think that that Gill right is Cam Gill is probably going to start the season on injured reserve yep. with that list, Frank. So that that does not rule out the the opportunity for Andre Anthony, but he really has to play on special teams. Yeah. He's got to find a role as it was one of those fourth down specialists where he can go in, cover punts, cover kicks, do kickoff return as a blocker. Yep. And and if he can carve a niche there, they like him. But again, the thing with Todd Bowles is he wants to see consistency, not just flashes. And Andre Anthony, to his credit, flashed today. Benson Smith flashed today, 
those are two players that need to flash, but more than anything, they need to consistently flash. Right. So we'll see how those guys fare tomorrow. Can they back it up? And more importantly, can they do it again on Saturday in the game? Absolutely. So uh, I alluded to it, you know, um, Anthony, he's going to be trying to make his way up the depth chart and there's a new name that's going to be ahead of him, I, I would expect. Yep. And that's a former buck, now current buck, uh, Carl Nassib. So Carl was uh, signed late last night, um, was able to make it out to Tennessee and, and, you know, he was in pads today. He was doing, uh, he was doing drills with the team and he even made it into some of those 11 on 11s. Yeah. And, and Nassib looks great. I mean, he, he actually looks a, a little bit bigger than he did when he was in Tampa the first time. He's kind of a longer, leaner guy, very similar body type to Anthony Nelson. Those yep. guys are almost like twin brothers with, well, not really twins. Carl's older, but he, maybe he's the <laughs> older brother, right? But, but, but this, the same type of a body uh, frame. And, and Nelson said nothing but great things about Nassib yesterday. Carl returned the favorite today, yep. uh, saying that, that Nelson looks like he's really just added so much more to his game. And and uh, and I, we, we kind of forecasted the, the Nelson signing. We have written about it in previous Bucks Monday mailbags that if they're going to sign uh, an outside linebacker to help this team out depth-wise, it would be Carl Nassib. It's no surprise that's the case. Yep. If you go back and look, as I did before the season started, because I really wanted to make sure my memory was correct about Shaq Barrett rushing from the right side in 2019. How many of those sacks out of those 19 and a half sacks came from the right side? Well, the answer is 13 and went back and watched every single one of, of Shaq's sacks from that season. 13 sacks out of 19 and a half were from the right side going against left tackles, hitting that blind side of the quarterback. Five out of his six force fumbles also came from the right side. If you remember that year, Jason Pierre-Paul missed, I believe, the first six games of the season. And that's really when Carl Nassib was playing the left outside linebacker spot. And boom, both of those guys. I mean, there were so many times Nassib was the perfect setup man right. for Shaq Barrett. And it's going to be fun seeing that tandem out there uh, again. Granted, we're still going to see some Anthony Nelson. We're going to see JTS out there a right. lot. But there's going to be plenty of instances, too, where when JTS needs a breather or when Anthony Nelson needs a breather, Carl Nassib can step in on that left side and and really maybe maybe go back to that 2019 season and be the setup man for Shaq again. Yep. Now, I've got some bad news for you. Tell me. Well, when I was watching the defense, Shaq was not lining up on the right side every time. Yeah, that's they, true. They're, they're continuing they're to rotate yeah. him. So I saw Carl Nassib actually uh, play from the right side. JTS had a really good pass rush from the right mm -hmm. side. He, he uh, flushed Tannehill out to his right. Tannehill was still able to, to complete the pass, but it was a really good rep where he, right. he won pretty quick. Um, Tannehill is pretty mobile quarterback himself, being a former wide receiver, so he was able to get out of it. But there were some good things along the defensive line um, all the way, no yeah. matter where they were set up uh, in those drills where they were they were winning on a fairly consistent basis. I know there right. was a one rep uh, where Akeem Hicks just mm -hmm. absolutely dominated yeah. uh Dylan he looks good. <laughs> so yeah. and uh and and so it, it you look at the depth again we're talking about wide receiver mm -hmm. depth earlier the depth along this defensive line and at the edge rusher position it bodes well for the eventual injuries that right. do happen in a long NFL season. You, you mentioned winning consistently, folks. If you want to win consistently, uh, the the place to do that is is my bookie. Right uh, now, I'm going to preface this by saying you have to make the right picks. Right. But the great thing about my bookie is right now, if you sign up, they're going to give you a welcome bonus all the way up to a thousand dollars. So my bookie offers all of its new customers a 100% match bonus on the first deposit, all the way up to $1,000. So use the promo code pewter to claim yourself a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. Do this now, folks, because if, if you've been listening to the Pewter Report podcast in the past, they've, they've done this where it's it's been a 50% match bonus. Now it's 100%. Take advantage of this right now, right before the start of football season. College football is around the corner. The NFL, the preseason's in full swing. We're going to get to the regular season before you know it. Use the promo code Pewter to claim yourself a dollar for dollar match on your first deposit. So if you deposit two hundred bucks, you're going to play with four hundred dollars instantly. Money lines, totals, everything in between. 
You can't find what you're looking for? Build your own prop bet with MyBookie's Prop Builder. How fun is that? I can't wait to take advantage of that. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, Josh, I've been uh, I've, I've been betting with MyBookie. I think this is year five now for me, and it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, I love their 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 interface is fantastic. Their mobile app is great. Highly recommend it. This is the time, folks. Go to MyBookie and and make sure that you're using the promo code Pewter and uh, get that that 100% match discount. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I highly recommend taking the 100% match and just um, using it to bet against Central Florida. <laughs> Hopper says, and says, Casey, that's for you. Yeah, says the USF Bull. That's <laughs> that's funny. Um, so let's let's see if there's any questions here that that we want to uh, let, let's talk about Devin White here. We have a little topic here. You had to set me up on that. One, I, huh? I I just saw that. Yeah. 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 So Devin White had a really good uh, practice. I, I I was focusing in on him. He's yep. been the subject of a few articles I've written over the this off season. And Devin White had a really good game. And he had a really good practice in terms of an area he needs to improve in, mm -hmm. which is his pass coverage. Yeah. Um, I saw him covering backs and tight ends out in the flats, very tight, making sure that the there wasn't an outlet throw there. And then he had a really great interception of Tannehill right. over the middle. Yep. Um, it was a very heady play where you know he read Tannehill's eyes, kind of baited him mm -hmm. and got him to make the throw and, and displayed good hands on the pick. So yep. it was a really good get game for or practice for Devin White. Yep. Um, I'm really encouraged by that. This has been a consistent issue that we've seen in practice. Devin White had a fantastic uh, couple of days in pass coverage against the Dolphins, mm -hmm. receivers, running backs, tight ends as well. So let's see if this continues into the games. And we're not sure if we're going to see Devin. Todd Bowles has not made any decisions yet in terms of which starters will play. He said that they will play a few more starters. Yep. Now, Robert Hansey was the only starter who played last week, yeah. if my memory serves correctly. But but uh, th there will be some more starters or starting caliber players that we'll see against yeah. the Titans. Head coach Todd Bolts, I think he did give away one player. He said Julio will not be playing on Saturday. Correct. He's going to get his work in here on the practices, but he will be held out of Saturday's game, which means once again, you figure Evans, Godwin, and Gage definitely aren't uh, going to play as they're nursing injuries. Um, so the top four receivers yeah. will again be out, which gives – more opportunities for these depth guys mm -hmm. who have been kind of the feature of today's episode and, and yep. really today's practice to try and separate themselves. The problem is they're all separating themselves, so yes. none of them are separating themselves. <laughs> that's that's true. There's no doubt about that. Uh, did Rashad White have any long touchdown runs? No, he didn't, but uh, he did catch the ball well, and except for that one play that uh, was actually like an assist to Devin Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Rashad, he's dropped a couple of, of catchable balls, uh, and usually it's it's within close quarters of of the the quarterback. In other words, right a yard or two or three yards off the line of scrimmage, yep. like those shallow little routes that he's been running, especially the ones in the middle. Off to the sides, out in the flat, he seems to do a better job of catching that. So I don't know that he was used as a – as a running back, as an outlet receiver, or as, as a running back who runs a shallow crosser in, in the middle of the field at Arizona yeah. State. This might be some foreign territory for him. We'll ask him. We do the, the Bucks training camp diary with him. So that, that's a question that, that today, when I saw him not catch that pass, it bounced up in the air. Devin Tompkins came up with hero play. But uh, – but that's that's one thing I do want to see. He did have a couple nice runs in the 11-on-11. 11 -11. Once the Buccaneers offensive line got their ass in gear and Donovan Smith played a big role in that yep. by chewing out his teammates, showing some really good leadership up front, by the way. That's one thing I'll note. With Without Ryan Jensen in there, Donovan Smith has really become a vocal leader on that offensive line. And it's, it's great to see because Donovan's very well respected yep. along that offensive line in the locker room. He's a, a boisterous guy. We've a friend of the program, as Matt Matera would say. We've had him on the Peter <laughs> Report podcast. We've asked him about becoming more of a vocal leader, and I think that he's getting into that more of a, of a comfort zone now, yeah. where he feels he's got enough gravitas to do that. And I think at the time, at the same time, Josh, you know, when you rely on Ryan Jensen to be that guy, or even Ali Marpet, who's not as loud but wore that C, that captain uh, uh, insignia on his chest. It just was kind of a default position for Donovan, but now 
with these injuries and Marpet's retirement, he's having to step up and be more vocal and he's doing it, doing it effectively. Yeah. I think the, you kind of said he's taking that from Ryan Jensen with Jensen being out with an injury. Yeah. If you look at Jensen from a demeanor standpoint, mm -hmm. there's really two sides. He was a leader, right? a vocal leader. And then he was also that kind of, I'm going to piss you off if you're on the other side of the line <laughs> right. of scrimmage. And you see Donovan taking that side of it, the leadership side. And that other side of it, you saw an offensive lineman who's really kind of taking that mantra on right. from Jensen. And I think that is Nick Leverett. Yeah. I think it's part of the reason why the Bucks like him so much is yes. because he's got that demeanor that they mm -hmm. love to see from their offensive lineman. Yeah. He's the guy who's making sure that he's blocking all the way to the end and through the end of the right. whistle. He's the guy who's looking for work if there's not an immediate defender that he has to pick up. Right. And you saw that in the Dolphins game, right? Yeah. So Leverett, uh, when he was playing left guard, uh, there were a few different snaps where he went and finished the edge who right. was playing up against the, the left tackle. So you get that, you know, you can see those roles that uh, Ryan Jensen played so well mm -hmm. and made him such a great teammate. And it's great to see that different players on that offensive line yeah. are taking up that mantra. Going back to Rashad White for just a second, one of the other things that I noticed with him, we know he he's electric with the ball in his hands, right? right? Except and, when he's returning kicks. That's very true. <laughs> Don't get me started there. <laughs> um, that's, one, that's one thing we talked about on the postgame pod. It bears repeating. Keith Armstrong loves to take a, a running back deeper down the depth chart. Last year was Keyshawn Vaughn. This year it's Rashad White and tries to manufacture a kick returner out of one of those running backs. It was not Keyshawn Vaughn's forte. It is not Rashad White's forte. Find a fast electric wide receiver. There's plenty of them on this roster. Yes, there are. And go that route. I, I don't know why that's so hard for Keith Armstrong to understand. But uh, and, and listen, I, I get it. You're trying to make use of your personnel. Sure. But listen, Rashad White, he's he's a you know the the up back, the, the personal protector on punt returns. Yep. If, if that's his role on special teams, he's the personal protector, like so Giovanni Bernard is, so be it. Mm -hmm. You found a role. You're helping the team as uh, as a special teams guy. Yep. But it's not as a kick return guy. There are other guys that are more electric that can do things that have you know, more start-stop ability, more uh, uh, electricity to them, mm -hmm. to be able to, to make a guy miss. And I just don't think that's Rashad White. Now, watch him come out and do a kick return for a touchdown on Saturday and make me change my mind. If but, it were only that easy that we right. say somebody can't do something just to watch them do it, yes. we would we would say they can't do anything right. and yeah. watch them do everything. Just, just like Devin White can't cover. <laughs> exactly. <right now>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of going back to White, you know, he's electric with the ball in his hands, yeah. and, and he's a, he's shown himself to be a fairly good receiver in college. Yeah. What I noticed uh, today was in the 11-on-11s, they broke him out wide. Right. And he ran a couple of routes there. Um, and I don't know if he feels super comfortable in that role. Right. Whereas his comfort level seems to be a lot higher coming out of the back now backfield as yeah. a, a check down option. Mm -hmm. um, but there was a, I think in one, one particular that we watched together, a little out route where you would have liked to have seen him sink his hips a little yeah. bit more to make a deeper cut. Right. Um, he was a little bit too upright and allowed the defender to stay on him pretty easily. Yep. Super chat from from Ted Curtis. Those always get our attention, always get read. So if you want to help out the Peter Report program, help out by giving us a super chat. It goes right back into things like travel expenses, equipment costs, et cetera. So we're here in Nashville. Thanks to all you awesome super chat um, participants out there. So thoughts on the cornerback depth at wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, safety, and running back. I love the depth we have. At cornerback, I don't know how I feel beyond Davis. <laughs> Are SMB Dean the guys or someone else? Uh, that that's a great question. I, um, I think on paper the Buccaneers have liked what they have seen from Sean Murphy Bunting in 2020s postseason. Yes, they like what Jamel Dean has done at times when healthy. Yes, they like what Zion McCollum did at Sam Houston and at the Combine. Yes. And they like what Antoine Winfield is doing in the slot by being more of a physical presence. Mm -hmm. And and he's also had a great role as a blitzer when he's been down in that slot territory before, racked up five sacks in two years, a forced fumble or two. So they, they like parts of what they have, but do they have enough? Right. That's kind of what we're trying to find out right now. Yeah. I, I, I don't think this is a team strength. I think the Gravediggers moniker was, was a little premature. Possibly. But we'll see. I, I don't think it's a weakness. 
but I, I don't necessarily think it's a strength. Like, for example, Dee Delaney, who made the team last year, you know, has has not had that great of a camp. Rashard Robinson has flashed a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, he's a special teams guy. I, I do think they're going to keep stockpiling at the cornerback position. Josh, this would be a great time to mention, if you haven't read Josh Capo's Grinding the Tape today, he took a look at Zion McCollum and Logan Hall, the two defensive rookies this year, and, and looked at their first initial debut against the Dolphins. What did you see from Zion McCollum? Because the fans out there might say, well, he's the one that gave up the touchdown, yep. but there's more to the story, isn't there? Yeah, McCollum was targeted once, and unfortunately on that one target, he bit hard on a double move. Um, by Lynn Bowden Jr. Mm -hmm. and, and he got beat for a, a touchdown, right? Uh, Great throw by Skylar Thompson. <laughs> where Kansas did he? State, I was Kansas say, State Legends. Okay. Go right. Cats. Yeah. Um, so he, he did, and, and it was a bad rep. Um, and I will give credit to Lynn Bowden Jr. It was a fantastic double move. Skylar made a great pump fake yeah. also, because you saw if, if you break it down, you can see Zion once Lynn breaks down for that initial, um, it almost looks like a hitch or, or a curl. Right. Um, Zion immediately. Uh, Zion immediately looks back in the backfield right. and he sees Skyler pump fake. Yeah. And that's where he bit. And yep. Bowden kept going and he did scot free for that touchdown. Yep. I will point out that that was the only time McCollum was targeted. That's right. And there's a reason for that. Yes. And that's because every other pass uh, pass rep that he was in, he, he showed out pretty well. There's he another did, one yeah. where he was in on a tackle. He was covering a deep third. Somebody was supposed to come over to cover the flat on a yeah. short hitch. Um, it looks... From the TV feed, it almost looks like McCollum just he, he allowed too much room. Mm -hmm. He really was bailing for that deep third. It wasn't his responsibility. And he did a good job of coming up and, and making helping with the tackle. Other than that, he showed some really great tape. Um, he was physical, he was aggressive, yeah, and, and he was sticky in coverage. Well, he showed off his speed on one of the video plays you have. And again, if you have not read, we'll put it in the chat here. Maybe JC can do that. Um the grinding the tape. That Josh put out today is a fantastic read on pewterreport.com. But there's one particular video play where he's playing the deep third mm -hmm. and his receiver cuts inside yep. on a shallow cross. It's down in the red zone, right? Yes. Yep. And Zion sifted through traffic and got there in a heartbeat. Yep. And the, the quarterback did not target his particular receiver that he was covering, but had he. Zion would have closed on him like that for yep. maybe a four or five yard gain. It was a sensational if not breaking up the pass. Right. right. It was a, a sensational showcase of just how quick and fast this guy is to cover that much ground in a second. Once this kid gets the reps, because I've been told by people in the coaching staff and the front office, this guy has the, the mental makeup, he's got the demeanor, he's got the football IQ, he's got the instincts, he's got the size, he's got the measurables, the athleticism, the speed, the agility, everything but experience yep. and reps. And the more reps and experience he gets, the better he's going to be, the quicker that's going to happen. So when you look at, at the fact that he gets beat by Lynn Bowden in a meaningless preseason exhibition game, it's almost a blessing in disguise because – that that's that's a lesson learned and it's a lesson learned that doesn't count yep that the buccaneers lost that game to the dolphins it doesn't matter right and get that out of the way get that burned and imprinted in your brain and and the hope is that won't happen again it's not that it won't i mean you still see veterans to this day getting beat on double moves. Jamal Dean, even in his third year last year, he was yes. still struggling with double moves. <laughs> yeah. And he had a really good season. And just kind of expanding on that, I'll finish up with McCollum and saying, yep. um, the the thing that I took away that I was most impressed, and Scott, you and I had a lot of conversations about him when before the draft. Right. He was a draft crush for both of us. Right. One of the things that I had noted in my evaluation was I didn't feel like he used his hands enough yep. in, in press coverage. Right. It was just not something he was asked to do, not something he was very comfortable yep. with. And he's big enough to do it. He absolutely he's got long is. arms. He and should he's be doing it. Noted it. Yeah. As something that he's been working on, um, JC Allen of Pewter Report got yeah. some exclusive one-on-one uh, -on -one time with Zion not too long ago, and he noted that that was something that he was working on, and you saw that in the Miami game. Yes. So he was using his hands more. He was um, working on that press, that jam. So yeah. I really like to see that, that there's development there. There's an understanding of where his opportunities lie, and that yeah. he's working on that. 
Expanding to the rest of the corner depth, the, the very first thing that I'll note is, you know, I think based on how the Bucks have been going this training camp, it's important that we have depth at the outside corner spots yep. because it looks like they've really um, honed in and they're going to go with a three safety nickel right. package where you're going to see either Antoine Winfield Jr., uh, Mike Edwards, or Logan Ryan in the slot. Right. So, and, and that will reduce the need for that cornerback depth because you're not trying to cover three positions, right. you're only trying to cover two. With that said, I think we're all fairly certain that Carlton Davis is... He's one. Yeah, we got one. <laughs> He's CB1 for sure. Yeah. Sean Murphy Bunting, from what I saw today, it, it, there were still some struggles out yeah. there. Um, D Delaney. It, it just seems to me like, like Sean is playing too safe. Mm -hmm. He's allowing the catch and making the tackle rather than challenging for the ball because he doesn't want to take a risk, doesn't want to get beat, doesn't want to get exposed. And, like, I can understand that. But at the same point in time, when you hear all the coaches say, we want more interceptions, we've got to get more takeaways, we want more pass breakups, you got to do your part. Otherwise, uh, otherwise you're, you're an automatic completion, yep. right? If you're covering a guy, you're, you're just a completion. Yep. You know? Um, so he, he continued to have a rough day. I think Jamel Dean looked really good with the second team defense yeah. um, and playing, uh, what was it, right corner. Mm -hmm. um, Rashad Robinson had, had a tough rep in one-on-ones where he got flagged and, and allowed the catch. Zion did well in one-on-ones, yeah. and I think he had overall a really good day. Um, one from Miami's game that I was looking out for because I thought he had a pretty good game was McMichael, number yeah. 37. Um, he he had, a, I think, a rough day as well, mm -hmm. So and Dee Delaney mm -hmm. also. So... Not a ton of positive, I think, from the Bucks DBs today. I think it was just overall an offensive day, yeah. especially for the passing game on both sides. Um, but I think there's enough there, and, and corner is just such a volatile position yeah. from year to year. I think the Bucks have stacked up enough potential mm -hmm. that they, barring injuries, decimating the group like it right. did last year, they should be okay. Yeah. Well, you know what else is okay, folks? Um, turning to a Muni financial for all of your financial needs. Uh, I, I'm not just a pitch man for Immuni. I am also uh, a client and uh, I want you to do what I did. Call Immuni Financial to help you out with your finances. At Immuni Financial, we help you live in the now. Congratulations, we're so happy Thank for you. you. Thank you. And even though the now may feel very different, you still need to plan for the future. How's retirement treating you? Oh, just fantastic. I know I say it all the time, but you really gotta come up to Colorado. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. We can help you develop that plan to keep you on track so you can still prepare for tomorrow, today. Amuni Financial. Plan ahead, stay ahead. Josh, we get to get to Colorado, man. I mean, we're already halfway there. We're in, in Tennessee. Let's just go to Colorado. Yeah, I, that sounds great to me. I mean, we're already in the mountains. Let's go to bigger ones. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Folks, you, you hear that we got to get to Colorado, you know, um, on the immunity commercial there and and what that means is is retirement retire retire to the place of your dreams travel during your retirement and and as you might know there's this thing called inflation happening right now and so you're going to want some pros to help you out managing the inflation that uh that not just america but the world is is experiencing right now and making sure that your finances are set for the future so you can travel, you can retire to the destination of your choice. Managing your family's wealth means more to Immuni Financial than simply allocating your assets. It means legacy planning, brokerage and advisory services, retirement accounts, college savings accounts, and insurance services. With 40 years of experience, let Immuni Financial help you plan ahead and stay ahead. Do what I did. Call Immuni Financial at one 800 868 6864 or visit them on the web at immuni.com. Well, Josh, uh, what are some of your final thoughts as we we wrap up this this issue uh, this edition here of the Peter Report uh, podcast? Um, uh, what are you going to be looking for in in tomorrow's practice? Uh, tomorrow's practice, I'm hoping to get to see the offense and, and again, continue to see which wide receivers are consistently stacking practices, mm -hmm. right? So you mentioned Vincent Smith. He, he flashed today. Yep. Can he stack that and do it two days in a row? Uh, is somebody else going to step up? 
Um, so that's one of the ones that I'm really interested to see, of course, keeping an eye on that left guard battle. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I think would be is going to be important is with Ryan Suckup hitting literally every single one of his field goals today. Yeah. How does Jose Borregales respond? I know he's a favorite of uh, Peter Report's J.C. Allen. Yep. Um, it's going to be very hard for him to win this uh, gig if Ryan Suckup continues to be perfect. Yeah. At, but since Suckup is perfect, Borregales has got to answer the bell. Yeah, he does. What I'm going to be looking for as as I watch mostly offense today, Josh and I are going to switch, and he's going to be looking at the offense. I'm going to watch the defense. I'm going to see if these cornerbacks can rebound a little bit today. Uh, Todd Bowles did say something interesting at the end of practice. He said that his team was tired, and it showed today. And sometimes that happens when you travel. And as we talked about from last week, the Buccaneers defended their home the Advent Hill Training Center at uh, at one Buccaneer place quite well on Wednesday and really, I think, took it to the Dolphins. Yep. But then the Dolphins really had a rebound practice on Thursday. And let's see if the Buccaneers can kind of do the same thing. They came into the Titans facility today. Titans were scrappy, chippy, pushing and shoving, certainly in the trenches. I think the Buccaneers lost certainly the first half of practice in the trenches. Yep. And we'll see if they can kind of pull the Dolphins on day two on the road here and rebound and win tomorrow's practice. It sounded like Todd Bowles was going to give the players plenty of time off tonight uh, and and maybe, you know, maybe uh, have some some meetings without lifting. I don't know what they're going to do, but he's he sounded like his players wanted some rest and needed some rest. And we'll see if the Bucks come out a little bit more refreshed uh, tomorrow. I talked to him after practice. Yeah. He told me he's withholding the Celsius till tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good thing, folks, because uh, Celsius will wake you up and get you going. That's that's for sure. Um, you know, we, we've got two more preseason games. We've got the, the Titans coming up, and then we've got the uh, the Colts game mm. on the road. Then the Bucks have the week off, all NFL teams do, and then it starts in earnest against the Dallas Cowboys on the road in Dallas in week one. And Pewter Report has partnered up with Walk-Ons this year, Walk-On Sports Bistro. They've got two locations in the Tampa Bay area. They've got a walk-ons location up by my neck of the woods in Wesley Chapel. And then there's another walk-ons location, and that is in Midtown, just minutes away from the stadium. And, folks, they've got some of the best food that you're going to find. And we're going to be having the Pewter Report tailgate show. It's an hour-and-a-half show that's going to be live at walk-ons. We're going to rotate them between Midtown and Wesley Chapel. But if you don't know about walk-ons yet, uh, you're going to find out. They've got some fantastic food. This, this is a walk-on athlete. They push harder and put their heart into the game. This is the passion we're built on. It's why we put our heart into creating game day with a taste of Louisiana. Walk-On Sports Bistro is the place to eat for game day or any day. There are over 100 walk-ons locations in 15 states, including eight in Florida, with two in the Tampa Bay area, Wesley Chapel across from the Outlet Mall and the new Midtown location just minutes from the stadium with a wide selection of your favorite beer on tap, craft cocktails, burgers, and delicious Cajun and Creole-inspired food. Get in the game with walk-ons. Happy hour is from 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, and all day on Tuesdays. Josh, did you know that Tuesday is my favorite day to go to walk-ons? I bet it is. It is, yes. <laughs> walk-ons is great for lunch and dinner, and especially on game days with massive amounts of TVs to watch all the action. Visit the walk-ons in Wesley Chapel, which is part owned by Devin White of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Midtown location, or visit them online at walk-ons.com. I guess you could say that when it comes to good food, Devin White has you covered. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes, he does, and he's and he's covering wide receivers and running backs and tight ends now, much better than he has in the past. I'm gonna look for that too and, and see if that continues. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Listen, folks, we hit a milestone over the weekend. We greatly appreciate the fact that we now we are now over nine thousand subscribers to our Pewter Report YouTube channel. It's Pewter Report TV. 
That's our YouTube channel. So make sure that you go there, hit the subscribe button, join the 9,000 Buccaneer fans just like you. We, we want more pewter people to, to follow our, our channel and subscribe to it. And so if you haven't, make sure you do that. Also hit the like button on all of our videos and also all the videos that Matt and Casey put up on our Pewter Report TV YouTube channel. The more likes we get on all of our content, whether it's the Pewter Report podcast, whether it is the videos, the, uh, the press conference interviews, et cetera, the more pewter people find our content. Mm -hmm. That's the cool thing. We, we, we help out our al algorithm by getting more likes, and that puts us in front of more Buccaneer fans when they do searches for Buccaneer content. So greatly appreciate all the support. Appreciate the super chats that we've, we've got as well. We're going to be out here for another practice tomorrow here in Nashville as the Bucks and Titans go at it uh, again. We're looking forward to that. And then Josh and I will be at the stadium on Saturday doing a pewter report post-game podcast. So one more podcast for the week, and then we've got the, the post-game podcast on Saturday. It's going to be more fun tomorrow, Josh. Absolutely. I can't wait to, to find out what the Bucks have in store and a bounce-back practice. Yep, I'm with you. Well, for Josh Capo, I'm Scott Reynolds saying we'll see you tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern time because we're here in Central time. 5 o'clock Eastern tomorrow for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast.